Yeah, 44 years, right? Going on 44? Going on 44. And we appreciate their, their service at Bible Community Church uh, and their support of, uh, uh, of, of our camp and of our ministry. And, and as I said, um, we want to hear their testimony, give them as much time to do it. So I'm going to have you, you come and share with us from your heart at this time. Thank you, Pastor Hamilton, for having us. I feel so humbled to be here. I first want to say thank you as a congregation for prayers being lifted up on my behalf. Um, the Lord heard those prayers, and I'm so thankful to be here to give this testimony today. The verse that the Lord gave me was Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And um, the lessons that I learned um, through this testimony is just how true that verse was in my life, that his mercies uh, never come to an end, and he is so faithful. On August 23, 2021, I went to our hospital's emergency room because I was having trouble breathing, and my cough was just getting worse and worse. Ten days before that, I had been diagnosed with COVID. When I was admitted into the hospital, they gave me um, a CAT scan right away, and um, they said I had COVID pneumonia. Well, I had hardly been in a hospital all week. The treatment that I was receiving was pretty much oxygen and a CPAP mask, and um, I wasn't getting any better. My oxygen levels weren't getting any better. Um, my, I have three daughters. My middle, or my youngest daughter, Natalie, she went on to work on my behalf in trying to get some help for me. Um, there was medicines out there that were helping other people, and um, she called different um, places and tried to get our doctors to um, give me some of these uh, medicines. Well, the doctors um, said... Uh, the infectious disease doctors told me that they were too experimental, that they weren't going to try any of those new drugs. Well, after another CT scan, um, the test revealed that both my lungs were severely damaged. And the doctors called my family and told them that there wasn't anything they could do, uh, but they were going to start palliative care for me. I remember at a very critical time in the hospital, I had been isolated, I hadn't been able to see my family, and um, I was very weak, and I remember um, praying to the Lord, Lord, do you think I've had enough? Is it, is it time for me to go home to you? And he answered with this verse. Um, he gave me this verse really clearly, which is a praise in itself, because I was so medicated. They just came in and gave me another dose of medicine. And yet the Lord spoke to me and said, but as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. And right away, I felt that peace and that strength. God was so faithful to give me that verse, because I was a little concerned about how much medicine they were giving to sedate me. And I wanted to be alert and awake, because I wanted to know what was happening. 
But I didn't have to worry. I, I felt that the Lord gave me that verse to say, Cindy, I've got this under control. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to take care of you. And um, I felt that peace. There were several things that happened to me before I was put on a ventilator um, that I didn't remember at all. My family members had to tell me about it. My oldest daughter, Amber, some of you may know her, um, she um, lived in, lives in Indiana, about four hours away, and she came um, to be with me, and um, they allowed her to come in and see me. Uh, my other family members were not allowed to come in because they hadn't been vaccinated, and Amber had been, and she w had to put on uh, one of these full suits. I think that's why I didn't know she was with me, because I didn't recognize anyone coming in. Uh, they were all so suited up and double-masked. And, and, um, but she came at just the right time because I didn't know. I, I really didn't remember saying I was um, very adamant about not being put on a ventilator. I didn't know I even said those words. And she came in and convinced me that to sign this paper that I would like to be put on a ventilator. God is so faithful. He was there to help that just he was there to help me get on that. She came and I was able to be placed on a ventilator. Well, after um, I think it was five or six days being on a ventilator, my oxygen levels were better, and I was told that my lungs were healing. And the doctors were so baffled by that, they said that there was no medical explanation for the speed of my recovery. They'd never had heard of that and that I had come off that ventilator. We all know that why that happened. The Lord was in control and allowed that to happen. After I was off the ventilator and in the ICU recovering, I heard two doctors talking. And one of them was pointing at me and said, there's the miracle lady. And then the other one said, and her daughter came in and sat next to her and said prayers and sang to her. What a wonderful testimony that was for Amber to have that testimony to those doctors. Um, I think that um, during that time of isolation, the Lord even said, I had this one nurse. She wasn't a part of my um, nurses that were on that floor. She came in and she said, I'm a Christian and I just want to hug you. You're the miracle lady. And um, so that just helped encourage my heart. After I was... Um, in ICU and finally was able to see my husband. I can't even remember how many days it was. It's probably over 10 days since I had seen him. He had the biggest smile on his face. And he said, Cindy, you're, you're a miracle. He said, you don't know it, but we had all these people praying for you. I was so humbled to hear all the churches, area churches that, and people that had, were praying for me on my behalf, and even churches internationally were praying for me. It just was so humbling, and I was so grateful to hear that news. Um, my one daughter had set up a prayer chain to pray for me around the clock, and um, as kind of a side story, I have four brothers, and I've always prayed for them spiritually. I, I wanted them to know the Lord Jesus Christ and have a personal relation ship with him. And uh, about three years ago, um, my one brother, Jeff, came to know the Lord, and I was just so excited about that. Well, a story was told that he, he signed up to be on the prayer chain. He took it that time. 
and he was out on a job. He's an electrician, and he was doing a job, and the person he was doing it for um, had told me that he only had like 15, 20 minutes left in the job, and, and Jeff starts packing up all his equipment. He says, Jeff, where are you going? And he says, oh, you don't know. He says, I've got to go home. I signed up for a certain time on a prayer list to pray for my sister. And that was the first time I ever heard that my brother ever prayed for me. I, after all the years praying for him, and that just encouraged my heart so that the Lord used um, that to be an encouragement to me that he had to get home to pray for his sister. I wish I could say that I didn't have times of struggle with my fear. That sermon was excellent this morning. Um, because I did. I had that time that I had fear and I had that loneliness and I didn't know what the future would hold for me. But in those times, the Lord laid it upon another person's heart to send me a text or sent me a card with a verse. I know that this congregation, I'm sure, does that and to encourage other people. Those cards with verses, I still have them. I have a basket of them on the side of my bed and at night. I take one or two of those and I read um, those cards again and I pray for the person who sent them to me and read those scriptures again. They're just such an encouragement and I want to be able to do that for others too, to be an encouragement to them when they go through such times of trial. Uh, our Sunday school class recently had a question about um, naming uh, in your life, what has been your strongest spiritually um, moment? And then what was your weakest moment? Well, I could say both of it was this, because I was so weak, and I needed, I needed to feel the Lord's presence. And I did um, use those verses, and he, he showed himself so clearly to me in his presence when I was going through this time of trial. And I feel like um, that was such a blessing to me to to hear him through using people like you to send encouragement, send those verses. I received one card that said, difficult things can cause us to ask, why did this happen? God may never reveal his reasons, but he has revealed his character to us. He assures us that he is ever faithful, always caring, and will never leave us in our time of need. God's grace is available and sufficient for your need, and he will provide a way for you to endure. And I, I have felt that and can testify to that. Uh, another um, verse, Psalm 73. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. But as for me, the nearness of God is good for me. I have made the Lord God my refuge so that I may tell of your works. While my long-term recovery was ahead of me, I wanted to go home. I had been a month in the hospital, but they came in to tell me that I had to go to a nursing home and, and um, have rehab. Um, I think that was the hardest thing um, that I ever done, was facing the road of rehab ahead of me. Uh, I couldn't lift my hands to feed myself. I had to have someone to feed me. I couldn't feel my legs. I did feel my feet at first, but it was very, very painful, and I had to learn to walk again. Uh, I had trouble at first even sitting up. Um, I would pass out. They would try to sit me up, and I would just pass out. And um, it was, uh, 
quite the challenge to, to start with um, the physical therapy, but the Lord was with me in that. The verse he gave to me was Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. When I was in the nursing home, the morning hour, just one hour in the morning was when they would take me for rehab. So I had the whole day to myself. My daughter, Hannah, she's my middle daughter, she um, works as a um, licensed massage therapist, and she came up with um, plans to help me get my strength back when I wasn't in uh, the rehab. So she came up with a plan for me, and I just really um, appreciated all that she did in that to help me to, I did those exercises. I wanted to go home, and that was my goal. I wanted to go home. But when I was there, the Lord just showed me, Cindy, I have a reason for you for even being in here. And I knew he did. It was long. Um, the facility went into lockdown because someone had contracted COVID, so they wouldn't let visitors. So I, once again, I didn't get to see my family. But the thing that helped me the most was I listened to scripture on tape, and I also listened to sermons. And then I would have a prayer journal, and I would ask various staff members um, what I could pray for them, and that helped fill my day. And the Lord knew that um, that, that would encourage me. I'm not boasting um, that I did that. The Lord allowed, he gave me that through people praying, and I was so thankful for that. Well, finally, I was after um, a month being in the... Um, nursing home. Um, I was able to come home. I still had to use a walker. Um, I had another month of rehab at home. Um, physical therapists came into the house to help me. But um, so in October um, is when I got to come home. And then by January, I was able to go. I work as a, a bookkeeper at Mentor Christian School, and I was able to work two days a week um, and that was just such a praise that I could go in and do that teaching. Um, last summer, just to share another praise, is I was able to ride my um, bike on the towpath. Um, I had done that before with my daughter, and I honestly thought I'd never get to do that again. But um, we were able to ride um, at least five to six miles on the towpath. And I, it was just such a praise that I, the Lord has healed me in that. Um, Another big praise was two years ago, we had planned a trip to go to see the Grand Canyon, but because of COVID, um, that was canceled. Um, this last September, we um, were able to go um, to the Grand Canyon, and it was such a praise to be with my family to see the beauty of the Grand Canyon and just um, the creation of our Lord. It was just such an um, um, overwhelming tears just coming down that I finally got to do that and it was just very uh, encouraging to me that I was able to be there um, I can boast that even I, I beat my daughter Hannah who's really physically fit down the trail um, but before you give me too much credit it was after I saw um, a rattlesnake <laughs> right right to my arm I looked over and there it was and I let out this biggest scream and hurried down the trail as fast as I could and someone said did you hear that scream and I go yes it was me so, um, I was very humbled this summer when um, I my husband and I go to a lot of the um, open houses for our seniors and different people would come up to me and just um, say are you Cindy Spence I go yeah and they said 
we prayed for you as a church. We prayed for you. And it was just so wonderful to hear the different people praying. And I, I think um, one of the lessons, another lesson for me just learning is just how deeply I need to pray for others to really uh, lift them up before the Lord in prayer because I could see how faithful it was with people sacrificing their time to do that for me. We have a friend, Dr. Hagopian, who is an anesthesiologist, and he was at the hospital always uh, keeping track of my progress. And the first Sunday I, I went into church and walked into church, he came up to me and said, Cindy, you're a walking miracle. He says, your recovery has made so many people at the hospital take note. And um, I just thought that that is really a blessing, and I'm trying to remember to pray for the people that they would see that it was all of Christ um, and to have that testimony. I want to finish by <clears throat> sharing with you um, a paragraph um, by, um, from the letters of John Newton. It says, over the past few years, few things have encouraged my soul more than the letters of John Newton, the former slave trader who penned Amazing Grace. In one letter to a widow fearing death, Newton writes, Though our frames and perceptions may vary, the report of faith concerning the time of death is the same. The Lord usually reserves dying strength for a dying hour. When the time shall arrive when he has appointed for your dismissal, I make no doubt but that he will overpower all your fears, silence all your enemies, and give you a comfortable, triumphant entrance into his kingdom. You have nothing to fear from death, for Jesus, by dying, has disarmed it of its sting, has perfumed the grave, and opened the gates of glory for his believing people. The good news is not that God won't give us more than we can handle. It's that he won't give us more than he can handle. And once again, just saying, great is his faithfulness. I wanted to start today by just saying I, I love my wife. Uh, I enjoy our time together. Even coming down here today, just it was a blessing. Uh, we have a great love relationship. But there are things about her that I don't understand. There are things about me that she doesn't understand. Uh, I love chicken wings. She says, those things are so small, there's no meat on them. You know, she doesn't understand it. She loves this salad it looks like something out of our backyard. You know, it's just all green, and uh, I, I like the iceberg lettuce. But, uh, you know, it's possible to love someone and not understand it. And I love the Lord, and I love speaking to him in prayer, and I love him speaking to me in his word and through the Holy Spirit guiding me. But there are things about the Lord that I don't understand. Um, for instance, we had a uh, my, my elder uh, daughter, Amber, her, her best friend's husband came down with COVID. And he got the pneumonia like Cindy. He didn't go on a ventilator. But uh, after a couple of weeks, the doctor called and said, listen, uh, we're going to take the oxygen off you. Uh, you're turning the corner, and you're going to be fine. That afternoon, he was sitting in a chair. He went to stand up, and he collapsed on a chair, and he died instantly. 38 years old, four kids. I don't understand that. And if you're here today and you lost someone 
than COVID or to cancer or to some other illness, uh, you may be saying here, well, how come the Lord healed her, not <laughs> mine? And my answer is, I don't know. I don't understand. Uh, his ways is as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways above our ways and his thoughts above ours. But today we're just here to say, number one, that as to God, his way is perfect. Okay, uh, We know that, and as was mentioned today in the sermon, and also the Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. And so that's, that's what we're about today. We're, we're not saying you did something wrong or we did something right. Uh, we're just saying the Lord did something for us. And uh, I appreciate hearing Cindy. I, was, I, I didn't get to hear her last time when she spoke to the ladies at the other church. And uh, I'm trying to get my, myself back together here. But uh, she, she was, uh, I just wanted to say when uh, she first, we had to take her to the doctors, uh, she did have that mask on and uh, we weren't allowed to visit because of the COVID. It was a whole COVID wing, I guess. And it was about a week or maybe a week and a half went by and the doctor called me and he said, uh, Mr. Spence, we just did a scan, like she said, and her, the, the wording he used was her lungs are scorched. Uh, they're beyond repair and she doesn't want to go on a ventilator so there's nothing we can do. We've started to give her medicine to make her comfortable and in a couple days she'll be dead. <laughs> Click. I was sitting on my couch and immediately I started crying um, and then I said Lord I remember this prayer it wasn't much of a prayer just said, Lord please don't take her I'm not ready I'm not ready to lose her um, and then a verse came to mind the same one the pastor used today I, I said I don't need to speak much because he used most of my verses but at what time when I'm afraid I'll trust in thee and that was the first verse that came to mind and then I looked at our wall about five feet away and there's this big plaque that I got from my retirement party and it says 2 Timothy 1.7 for God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind and especially that first phrase for God has not given us the spirit of fear and to me the Lord was saying you can have one of two spirits you can have the spirit of fear from yourself or you can have the spirit of faith from me, from the Spirit, Holy Spirit. And that was really the beginning of me overcoming that fear. Uh, I, I did have fear of, of losing my wife. Uh, we've been married all those years, and, and everyone talks, they don't talk about Tom or Cindy. They always said Tom and Cindy. It's just that's the way we work together for many, many years. I've taken her to school, and we don't take separate vacations. We play games, and we just do everything together. And I was just fearful of, of, of losing her. And, and so uh, Amber came, and uh, you know that was a real blessing. But right before Amber came, uh, Tim Potter, uh, some of you know him from Grace Church, he calls up and he says, hey, Tom, I heard your wife's sick. How's she doing? This is right after the phone call. I said, well, Pastor Tim, she's dying. And he said, well, let me come over. And he came and he talked and prayed. And when he found out that we couldn't visit, he said, well, we're going to take care of that. And so he and about half his congregation just called up the hospital and said, you need to let somebody from that family visit her. And so Amber came in that morning, the hospital called and said, okay, you can have one. And they have to wear the hazmat suit and the 16 masks and all that. But th what a time, you know, the Tim just happened to call and his church happened to call the hospital and the hospital happened to respond. 
And it was, as, Amber, as, as Cindy said, uh, Amber was able to convince her to, to go on a, the ventilator. Uh, one of the reasons that we were kind of afraid of that, because people had said, if you put her on a ventilator, that's a death sentence. Uh, I had a relative that was a nurse that said, in our hospital, no one has ever come off a ventilator out of 100 patients or so. And that's always what you want to hear. Uh, but we felt that that was what the Lord uh, wanted her to do. And right before she went, or right after she went on a ventilator, uh, Pastor Nye, some, uh, some of you know Todd Nye, uh, he was able to get in and visit her when she was on the ventilator. And he said, he didn't tell us this until weeks later, but he said, I looked through the window and she had turned a gray color. And he said, I knew that she was on her deathbed. Uh, I've seen that before and everyone I've ever seen is dead within a couple of hours. Uh, she was about as close <laughs> to death as anyone can be. And at that time, as she mentioned, prayer kicked in and people started to pray. They told us that the best case scenario would be two or three weeks on a ventilator and if she ever got off, which was unlikely, she would never walk again and she would always be on oxygen. Uh, that was the best case scenario. And so I started to just pray that God would, would do a miracle. Uh, I just felt that that was God's will. And everyone else was praying, uh, dozens of churches and, and people all over. Um, and sure enough, five days, uh, I got a call from, from the doctor. And they changed doctors. And this was a woman doctor. And she said, Mr. Spence, I don't know what's happened, but tomorrow is Monday. And if it was since it's Sunday, we can't do it, but tomorrow we're going to take your wife off the ventilator. There's no explanation. And the last two things she said to me, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Click. <laughs> what a change a week had made. What a change prayer had made. And so the first part of that miracle, I, I was thinking of the blind man when he was, uh, when Christ was healing him and Christ put the the mud on his eyes and then he said what do you see and he said I see men like trees <laughs> uh, that was the first stage of his healing and so Cindy when she got off the ventilator and, and got back into the, the hospital uh, she was seeing men as trees and so I prayed then Lord help her to help her to get that second part of the miracle that she won't have to be in a wheelchair she won't have to have oxygen the rest of her life that she would heal her completely and so people prayed that prayer and as you can see, she was up here for 15 or 20 minutes, and she wasn't in a wheelchair. She wasn't a walker. She had a cane, and she ran a 100-yard dash in about 10 seconds down that path uh, when she saw that. When she saw that uh, it was just a two-and-a-half-foot two rattlesnake. The thing was so scared. I mean, it went right by me and never gave me a look. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, I think they both, both made uh, record time. And, you know, as I, as I, I think about that, um, you know, the Lord just in his timing, uh, you know, she, when she got out, uh, she, had, she had gotten blood clots in her right arm, and that's why she was paralyzed on the one side. She had had what's called muscle atrophy. Her muscles had forgotten how to work. And so she, I, I was one of the ones that had to feed her. That was kind of neat. But uh, she couldn't move. I remember one time asking her, just show me how much you can move your leg. It didn't move. 
and she had to learn how to walk and all those things. But God, in his mercy uh, and grace, uh, he, he allowed her to have that second part of the miracle. Uh, she sees men clearly now. Uh, she's been completely healed. Um, she has a little bit of what they call a long haul, is it something like that, where she still has some uh, tingling, and she had to get a CPAP machine. So we have his and her CPAP machines now, so that's, that's nice. We don't hook them up to one machine, but, you know, it's, I, I, I thought that'd be cool, but we don't do that. Uh, you know, we, I was, the Lord uh, enabled me to uh, just, you know, see him work, to see him answer prayer. And I wanted to just talk about three lessons that I've learned through this, um, three things that the Lord really spoke to me about. The first one is the importance of family. And when I say that, I'm not just talking about physical family, but church family. Uh, I just can't even fathom. Uh, I have two, two of my three sisters. They called up and said, we just feel like we need to start a GoFundMe page. I didn't know what that was. I'm not a big computer guy, obviously. But they said uh, we had a $10,000 deductible. And uh, that got chewed up pretty, pretty easily. And the day that we closed the account, we had exactly $10,000 to the penny. Uh, that's a miracle. You know, when, when you talk about God removing mountains, uh, he removed the mountain of death, the mountain of disease, and the, and the mountain of debt. You know, uh, God does remove mountains. And I've seen that so many times in the last year and a half. Uh, the importance of the church just praying uh, she said she what 200 cards something like that and lots of uh, gift cards uh, just people coming up and with kind words and it makes us so you know now anybody that's sick we try to get a card <laughs> try to send a something uh, you know a word a prayer uh, we know what it's like to be on the receiving end and so we want to be on the giving end and I hope that all of you will take that to heart to to bear one another's burdens uh, to really strengthen the body and have that just compassion and, and, and caring and loving that we experienced. It really, really was an encouragement. And just the, the prayer, like she said, we had somebody praying every minute of the day, round the clock. And when, and when Natalie made that prayer list, she said it was filled in within like three hours. And she ended up with like 70 people. So there was a lot of overlap. And just those kind of things... Uh, Physical family, yes. Spiritual family, absolutely. And just the importance and what ministry you can have to the folks in this congregation and other churches. Not just Bible community. Like I said, the Grace Church came through for us, allowing Amber to get in there and get Cindy on the ventilator. I mean, without that, you know, who knows? Uh, and there, Todd and I, and I had five different pastors that called me up and prayed with me. Uh, because our pastor had left the church, so we didn't have a pastor. And so five pastors from five different churches uh, kind of took, took us in. Uh, that's tremendous. You know, sometimes I hear people say fundamentalists are mean and, or, you know, hypocritical or something like that. That's not been my experience. <laughs> I've been around fundamental churches for 44 years, and I just see compassion and love. I'm sure we all have our issues and we all have our failings, but in our situation, it was a tremendous thing, the importance of family. And then 
Number two, the, the power of prayer. And just a few verses from James chapter 5. In verse 13 it says, Is anyone suffering? Let him pray. And I think sometimes, you know, if anyone's suffering, let him take this medicine, go here, do this, you know, uh, and prayer if nothing else works. But is anyone suffering? Let him pray. Verses 14 and 15, Is anyone among you sick? Let the elders pray for him. And laying on of hands and with the touching with the oil and the prayer of faith it says will restore the sick verse 16 pray for one another so that you may be healed and then my favorite part the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much I learned what it meant to pray without ceasing uh, the Lord enabled me to not have to work I had retired from Mentor Christian. I'm back teaching, but that's a different story. But I had retired, and if I would have had to teach in, in August when she just went in, I don't know. <laughs> I just can't even fathom that. And so I praise the Lord for the timing. Uh, I was off so I could just sit and pray. And I literally, every waking moment seemed like I was, if I wasn't eating, I was praying. Um, effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. How many times in 50 years of being a Christian have I had effectual, fervent prayer? Uh, my prayer life has grown. Uh, we've been in need of a pastor for a year and a half, and I just prayed, Lord, I pray that you would remove the mountain of not having a pastor. And last week, our new pastor spoke for the first time as the new pastor of Bible Community Church. God moved another mountain. And you know, you may be facing mountains in your life, as Pastor mentioned this morning. Uh, you may be facing financial mountains or mountains of health or mountains of relationships or something else. And the Bible says you don't need to have this huge George Mueller faith necessarily, but it has to be a growing faith. Instead of being men of little faith, as we heard this morning, we need to be men of mustard seed faith the a mustard seed starts out small but it grows and it grows uh, to the place where it can remove mountains uh, once again I don't believe God healed Cindy because I had more faith than people that like this young man that died at age 38 I don't think it depended on me at all but I do believe that God honors the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous do we have that kind of fervency in our daily lives? Um, and then verse 17, Elijah prayed earnestly once again that it might not rain. And it didn't rain for the space of three and a half years. But a man with like passions as we, the secret to his prayer life was he prayed earnestly. He prayed effectually. He prayed fervently. And he was, he had a, he was right with God. That is something that really... Uh, I've, I've learned, and I, I hope that that would be encourage you. And then the last thing, the preciousness of our spouse. When somebody tells you that you will, you know, not only is your wife going to die, but you'll never see her again. You know, when, when, she, when Amber went in, she called us, and Cindy was on the phone, and she had this huge mask on. She, I couldn't hear a word she was saying, and Amber had to interpret. And we... And Cindy said, could you guys sing some, some hymns for me? 
and we did and the grandkids were there and so each of them said hi grandma and I was just being ripped up inside and when we hung up there was a, a really really good chance I would never see her again um, all the prognosis was that that was it I had just said goodbye to my wife until eternity and that's really it was a wake up call to me when she came back to me uh, I promised the Lord I would never take her for granted again uh, if you spouses, husbands, wives dedicate yourselves to, to loving husbands love your wives older women teach younger women to love their husbands spend much time together none of us are guaranteed I mean another minute so let's really cherish our wives and our husbands and our children because we just don't know what the future holds and we can't take that for granted and the Lord has I, I, like I said I, I love just sitting down and talking to my wife I love the ride up here uh, we had a great vacation uh, it was almost like the Lord said okay you guys have been through so much we're going to just give you the perfect vacation uh, we, we got to the uh, rental car place and the guy said Oh, the kind of car you requested, we don't have available. Would you mind taking a BMW for the same price? <laughs> oh, okay, I think we could, you know, first and last time I'll ever ride in one, but, you know, just things like that. Uh, the Lord just was smiling upon us and saying, you know, you know, the Lord just is so gracious and so loving. Um, I'll just close with this. I had, uh, when Cindy and I came back to church together for the first time, uh, one of the elders came up to me and they said you know what from now on every time I see you and your wife together I'll remember that God answers prayer and if you don't get anything else out of our time together here this afternoon I just hope that when you think of Tom and Cindy Spence that you remember that God answers prayer uh, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much and God is, is so good to us uh, I love my wife and I hope we have many years together but I love my Lord and I know that his way is perfect and so whatever he has for me I'm, I'm willing to accept and that's what I wanted to just finish sharing with you today Pastor I guess you can come and